Welcome to the Improv in Practice podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Wilson, bringing you interviews, inspiration, and information on improvised theater with Synergy Theater. You can find Synergy Theater's classes, workshops, performances, and more at synergytheater.com. That's S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y theater.com. Okay, lights down, curtain up. Hello, improvisers. It is October 22nd, 2023, as I record this. Justin Carnes is a longtime performing member of Synergy Theater. Instead of our usual interview format, Justin, Val, and I do something a little different this time. We hope that you enjoy it. On that note, Synergy Theater's Creative Writing Online Meetup, Right Away, is free and open to all who love to write or who love to watch creatives under pressure. Right Away is hosted by Synergy's creative director, Ken Adams, and freestyle reps, Laura Livingston. Z is for Zombie is at the Lesher Center now and will be until October 29th. I've seen it and I'm going again because it's improvised theater. Every show is different. Head to SynergyTheater.com for your tickets. Okay, on to the interview. Hi, Justin. Hi, Valerie. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. Oh, I am so happy to be here with the two of you. And I was just uh, asking Justin how he was, and and Justin was just about to tell me, I'm great, and I love October, and this is why. (laughs) I love October because it's warm days and cool nights, and uh, Halloween season's always fun. Yes. Well, we are still waiting for the little nip in the air to happen because the last couple of days have been over. Ah. Oh, yes. Over 90. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? Yes. <laughs> Valerie, how are you and why do you love October? Oh, everything about October is awesome. I mean, my birthday is not in October, but I feel like all good things happen in October. <laughs> I was hired on Halloween last oh. year. So my my one year anniversary is coming up. Oh well, I hope that they celebrate with you with everything <laughs> but candy corn. Anything. I'm all about yeah, the orange, the pumpkin, the black, the zombies. Ooh, zombie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of zombies. Speaking of okay, what is your most favorite and least favorite candy, Justin? My most favorite candy. That's it's like asking the Pick your favorite flavor of ice cream. Okay, today. <laughs> today. What is it today, today? My most favorite candy today. Um, I will say it is um a baby Ruth. Oh, yes, very good. Like traditional, traditional candy. My least favorite is probably you mentioned it already. It's probably the old uh, candy corn. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> hey, you know, I read something that's probably not true, but I read that like most people when they eat candy corn always start with the white tip. So they're 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 eating it like a piece of pizza right like the narrow end first (laughs) right but but it's hilarious because do you have to eat it like that no you don't but most people do what about you valerie favorite is just a good old snickers i love Mm -hmm. snickers Mm -hmm. least favorite is twizzlers which make me gag oh yeah have you really a candy or not (laughs) have you ever been to the movies with someone who bought a pack of twizzlers bit off each end and use it as a straw in their soda. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience, either of you? 
I can see somebody doing that, but no. Just me? A absolutely. Yes. I know I know many people <laughs> who've done that. Really? I find them I find them gross. So I I, I abstain they're from not any red vines. I like red vines, but oh. not I just like any of them. I think they're all gross. Uh, okay. Not so as gross as candy corn. <laughs> okay. So Justin, you're like you're a not licorice person. No thank I'm you. I'm a non I'm a non licorite. That's right. Okay. <laughs> anti licorice. I don't mind licorice, and I find it interesting that both of you do not mind peanuts oh, in your that. candy. That's interesting. And I'm also wondering, is there a huge difference between Baby Ruth and Snickers? I don't think so. I think Baby Ruth mm. has more whole nuts, I think. Yeah, more nuts, less Maybe. chocolate on the Baby Ruth. I could talk about candy, especially Halloween <laughs> candy, all day long. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. can tell. Me too. But we've got to get to the interview because I'm hoping the two of you feel a little creative today because ooh, I got plans. So here's what I was thinking. You guys tell me if this sounds good. What do you guys think if we did a mini right away zombie themed? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> what is right away? Oh, what? <laughs> Justin, you did not reply. Uh, I'm fine doing it, but I also have never done a right away. Uh, oh, okay. Synergy Theater does these really cool, mm, they're kind of like a, a mix between a mini writing seminar and a meetup online. It's free. It happens about once a month or so, and Ken leads them, and it's a bunch of people that get together on Zoom, and then there are, in the pressure cooker, there are a couple of accomplished writers, and the writer's tasks are to write plays and then perform the plays each other playing the roles that they have written. The writers are given prompts, and they follow the prompts. And then they're also given prompts in the middle of the writing. And they have to incorporate the prompts that they're given in the middle of the writing. And then at the end, they have a, a play. The audience also does writing exercises. And it's super fun. Again, it's free. And it's just really fun. And it's called Right Away. And I highly recommend if you guys haven't tried it yet, then please do because it's just a great way to relax. It's usually in the in the evenings on a weekday, meet up with a bunch of people online and uh, flex your creative storytelling muscles. I thought that we would first start with talking about our favorite, maybe not favorite, but just any tropes of zombie films. And to get a little bit of background on this, I, I looked up The Night of the Living Dead, which came out in 1968 by George Romero. And I went through the plot points of the movie and pulled out what would later become all of the tropes of zombie films. So just yeah. off the top of your head, Justin, what are some tropes or things that seem to be common among all zombie films, the first things that come to your mind, what are they? The person who hides getting bit by a zombie. That's the, the one that comes to mind off the jump. Then there's the having to kill the, the zombie you know, right? Like when somebody turns into a zombie, having to have that emotional moment where you have to kill that person. Yeah. That's a, a trope as well. Valerie, what else? <laughs> first things that come to your head as far as like what's common between all zombie films? Just the flesh eating just mm -hmm. jumps right out at me. It's like, I like picture is a zombie wants to eat you or 
<laughs> or you're the zombie and you want someone's brains or, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's a feast. Yes. Okay, great. A very common trope is that there are a group of strangers that end up trapped in mm-hmm. a shelter and mm-hmm. they f- have to fortify the shelter because the zombies are coming and attacking the shelter and wanting to get mm, in true. and eat them. Very commonly news or radio reports being played in the background so that the audience ah. gets a, a sense uh, that this is a, a global or a national mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that's happening. And what's interesting about the 1968 film, Night of the Living Dead, is that it never once mentions the word zombie. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it calls them ghouls. And George Romero in an interview said that that was purposeful because he did not want it to seem like the Haitian zombie, which I think where that word comes from. Uh, Oh. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't anything specified there, I don't think, in that film about the zombies eating brains. It was just the overall cannibalism, which I also find an interesting aspect about zombies. It's like, why the brain? Yeah, exactly. I mean, why why is it the brain and not like the heart? What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I think it must be tied together with the fact that in most zombie lore, zombies are really only fallible with a brain shot, right? A head shot of some sort. Oh. Yeah. Yes. You have, to, you have to stab them gently in their brain and then they die immediately. Right. But any, anything else, anything else, and they and they still keep coming. So maybe they have to eat the brains because their brain is so weak. They have to fortify their own brains. Right. With more brains. Right. That makes sense. Total sense. That's another theme that's a very common theme in zombie films is it's a headshot or nothing else. And in Night of the Living Dead, that was the case that you could kill zombies by a headshot or by burning. And then as far as the characters go, they've taken shelter. It's a small group of strangers and they fortified their enclosure, but now they face dwindling resources, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. there is usually some conflict between the trapped characters. What do you guys think? Absolutely right. And usually, like you said, dwindling resources. There's a reason why they have to then go outside of their fortified um, shelter, like like spend all this time fortifying it, and then they immediately run out of spam or bullets or they see somebody (laughs) trapped outside who needs help but there's inevitably comes a moment when they break their own fortifications right and that brings me to another common theme which is they have a plan but it goes wrong oh yeah right yeah it has to go badly (laughs) it does it it just can't well if it works out then there's no movie (laughs) right where's the drama (laughs) Right. And then also eventually their shelter is overturned. Overran, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we have our list of common themes. Now what I was thinking is we would base our three-act play on Ken's story spine. And this is, Justin, something that I know that you know very well. Do you want to go over what the story spine is? Ken has a way of breaking down any story and like a beginning and middle and an end he calls them different things. So the beginning of the play is called the foundation. That's just basically setting up the world of the play that you're in, setting up the characters. There can be a lot of action in the foundation, but in general, it's where are we and what's happening? Another way of thinking about this is Ken also has a a format where it goes like this. The story spine is once upon a time. Oh, right. Yeah. Once upon a time, there's this. Then every day, right? 
until one day. In a, a zombie play or film, it could be once upon a time, there was a set of characters. Every day they did this until one day. And then that until one day would be when uh, the zombies. Usually the first zombie reveal. Yeah. The yes. First yes. Okay. So Justin, and then what is the second part of the story's spine? Um, uh, because of that, because of that, because of that, because of that. So essentially what happens because of that until then, right? So until one day a zombie attack, because of that, everybody had to flee the zombies. And because of that, they built a shelter. Because of that, they gathered all the survivors there. Because of that, they ran of all food. So it's what happens because in sequence after one choice is made. Yes. Until, until then. So that's yeah. the sort of second act of the play. That would be the second act. And the second act usually ends on a cliffhanger, correct? Often, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then how would you define the third act? If we're doing the story spine way, then you finish all the because of that in general, and then you go and until finally, I believe is the language that he uses. Yes. And that until finally is, that's it. It's the, there's a one big thing that happens that sort of inevitably brings about the conclusion of the play, the conclusion of the show. It's called the foundation finale, I believe, in his other format. And you wrap things up and you reset the, the world with its new foundation. Exactly. So I don't know if this is going to work, but here's what I propose. We each take an act of a zombie film and or play, and we write it in about, I don't know, how, how long do you guys want? 10 minutes? And then we put it all together. <laughs> okay, let's try it. Justin, do you want to do act one, act two, or act three? Act one. Ooh, okay, the foundation. Yeah. And then Valerie, that leaves for you act two or act three. Three, I guess. I'll try the finale. Oh, okay, <laughs> man. Uh, thanks a lot. Okay, so <laughs> act two will be mine. All right. So who are our characters in our zombie film slash play? We got to have the romantic interests, right? So okay, I, I feel like I feel like that's a very tropey thing. The sort of young love that may or may not make it. So how about a tailor? We'll make a tailor. Okay. A, a, a tailor. And what's their name? No, no. Their name is Taylor. <laughs> they could oh, be a tailor. A, oh, a tailor. As <laughs> in, okay, Taylor. And girl or boy? Or? I don't know. I guess we should decide. We'll make Taylor a boy. Okay. And what is Taylor's occupation? Taylor is a teacher. A teacher. Okay, Valerie. What is in the next character? I'm going to say... Martha, 30 years old, single and pregnant. Whoa, Martha, uh, preggers. <laughs> pregnant with her first, yes. Okay, first. Okay, wow, I love the detail. What's the occupation other than pregnant? She wanted to be a dancer. Okay, dancer, but not. And the third character, so we have Taylor, Martha. How old is Taylor? Taylor can be 30. Two. Third character. Let's see. Let's do Jed. Jed is a retired police officer and he's 56. So we have Taylor as a, a boy, 32 teacher, Martha, 30. She's pregnant with her first. It wanted to be a dancer and Jed, a retired police officer. And, and Jed is 56. Okay. So these are our three characters. So when we're writing, we're going to write dialogue. For Taylor, Martha, and Jed. And mm -hmm. then at the end, we're going to read each other's acts. 
as the characters. Who wants to be which character? This is what the writers do in Right Away. So uh-huh. who, who wants to be Taylor, Martha, or Jed? Justin, you're our guest. Do you get the first pick? Jed. Okay. So you'll be Jed. Valerie, would you like to be Martha or Taylor? I'll stick with Martha. Okay. And then I am Taylor. Awesome. Now, excuse me while I go write a 10-minute monologue for myself. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we actually go write this, we leave and rewrite. Yeah, so we're going to take t- 10 minutes to write your act. Justin, you're writing Act 1. Okay. Act, act 1 should end about the time when something strange is happening and, and there's evidence of the zombie attacks. Act 2 is me, and that is the section of the play that usually has the most action, and it has events and causes and effects and ends on a a cliffhanger. I am going to end with a plan going horribly wrong at the end of my act. Valerie, you're taking act three or the resolution. That structure loosely is, so mine is because of that, because of that, because of that, and then Valerie at the end until finally, and then ever since then. Oh, I see. So because the the end of yours is the plan going horribly wrong yeah that's where i'm gonna end yeah mine has to transition into that the finale yeah okay yeah and i'm just gonna do this in email and then i'll be able to email that over to you guys and we'll put it all together at the end and see what we get okay do you guys have any questions or comments or ways to make this better not me it's my first time so yeah i don't don't know how to make it better other than let's try it and see what happens okay let's try it sounds awesome Let's try it and see what happens. And I can't wait. Okay, you guys ready? Take Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. I'll see you in 10. Okay. Go for it. Oh, hi. It's just me. I have some audio for you to listen to from the original 1968 trailer for Night of the Living Dead while Justin, Val, and I do our writing. Enjoy. Night of the Living Dead. The dead who live on living flesh. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. I need five more minutes. What do you guys think? Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Justin, how are you doing? I could use probably 30 more minutes, but I'll take five. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Five more minutes. Let's do it. Okay. 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 How are you? I'm great. How are you? Valerie, I'm impressed you finished so quickly. I know. I know. Let me just, I got like one sentence to finish here. Okay. I'll, I'll be, I'll be done enough anyway. And we will massage these a little bit just so that there is some through line between the whole thing yeah i mean that's what you normally do right when you uh, do these right away yeah I don't know well how- during well the, with the right away each writer is responsible for their own play and so it's cohesive of course because it comes from one mind before we look i'd like to do a little improv warm-up game to kind of get the synergy flowing between the three of us and that is the yes and story we're going to do it in a zombie theme i'll give it a start and valerie have you done this before nope okay so what we do is we go around 
So one person starts the story, the next person says yes, and and then does the next part or like a one sentence at a time part of the story. And then the next person goes and then the, the next person goes and picks up where the previous person left off. The order in which it'll go is Justin, Valerie, me, Justin, Valerie, me. So Justin, you will start. Go ahead. Once upon a time, there was a quiet little town. And then so Valerie, you say yes. And and then you do the next sentence of the story. Yes. And there were 12 people who lived there. Yes. And these 12 people lived together in mostly harmony. However, there were three people among the 12 who did not get along at all. Yes. And they would always bicker about the littlest things, much to the annoyance of the other residents of this little town. Yes. And particularly two of them were at it Sunday morning because one of them claimed the other took her plants. Yes, they were standing out in front of Betty's home, and Betty was yelling at Laura and accusing her of stealing a pot off of her front porch, a very rare plant from deep in the heart of a (laughs) mystical jungle. And Betty kept yelling at Laura, you don't know what you've done. That plant is poisonous. It has an effect on people. Yes. And Laura said that she didn't touch the plant, but she said she knows who did. And she would prove it to her. So Betty and Laura and their unlikely alliance go to the house of the accused plant thief, James. Knock, knock, knock. What do you want? James won't open the door. Betty and Laura are yelling at him. You took a plant. Yes, and they could hear movement inside of James's place. They looked in a window and they saw that James had turned into some kind of monster. And this monster turned around and made eye contact with Laura and Betty and rushed at the window and broke right out of the window. Yes, and... Both women screamed, blood-curdling screams, as James lunged through the window at them. And of the utmost fortune, a shard of glass pierced the ghoul's eyeball. Uh. And he he (laughs) went into his brain, and he lay dead at their feet. Yes. And Betty and Laura, they looked at each other and said, let's not get this plant. Let's go back to our garden. (laughs) <laughs> the end Yay! <laughs> that was fun. good good job okay do you guys just want to go for it and see what we ended up with i'm yeah. kind of i'm kind of excited by that i do i do. Okay. have no idea if mine will make sense with yours i didn't really write it like a play i wrote it like a whole paragraph okay we'll make it work justin did you want to be the narrator i'll be the narrator i can't wait so we're pretty much improvising the last just loosely based on what i wrote yes i can already tell this is gonna be very artistic justin i am taylor and valerie is martha and you are jed correct Mm -hmm. okay let's do this lights up interior a diner martha waiting tables more coffee jed please you ready to order or you want to wait a bit longer I guess I'm getting stood up. No call or anything. That's not like Lori. She's never late. Oh, it must be car trouble or something. I suppose. The usual then, please, Martha. Sure, Jed. Coming right up. 
Say, Martha, when is your due date? <laughs> Funny you should ask. It's in 10 weeks, which makes it the 31st of October. Halloween. That's a funny birthday for a person to have. Yeah, isn't it? You going back to dancing after? Nancy, I don't know. Can't see how I am. It's it's a tough job with a family. Enter Taylor. Takes a seat. Anything for you? Sure thing. I'll have a black coffee and sourdough toast. Hold up. You're Martha Brownstone from Ridgeville High, class of 05? Yeah. Taylor Langdon, class of 03. I used to run sound for all the shows in the theater. Ta Taylor, hey. Your dance performances were always my favorite. You were great. Oh, geez. Thank you. A car smashes through the side of the diner. The driver slumped over the wheel, dead. Everyone okay? Oh, God, fine, fine. I'm scared to death, though. Let's go to act two. Taylor opens the door and called out. Hello? Hello? Who is that? I'm looking for shelter. Please, can I stay here? Martha, is this your place? Yes, yes, this is my place. Shut the door. Taylor slams the door behind him and braces the door with his body. Get something to brace the door. What are you two doing here? This is my place. Get out. No, wait. <laughs> Here's the deal. You two go outside to the shed. I have supplies in there and a, and a large box. Bring the box back here and you can stay. Take this axe and baseball bat to defend yourself. Y you said this was your place. It's Jed's place? Sorry. This used to be Jed's in my place, but we broke up. I came over today to get the last of my stuff, and then this all happened. Taylor and Martha venture to the shed beating back zombies with each step. The shed is locked, but Martha breaks the lock and opens the door. The shed is empty. Jed lied to us. Ah, that Jed. <laughs> okay, so just briefly, guys, and we're just going to have to improvise because I didn't write it the way you guys did. Martha's gone into labor, but she's lost blood. So she's pretty much going to be unconscious and moaning a bit throughout this. And Jed and Taylor have to go out and find martin martha's brother the only one whose blood matches hers to do oh. the transfusion justin you want to read part three and that'll be it <laughs> sure I can, I, yeah i'm happy to read it okay go for it since the plan went so horribly wrong the only recourse was for jed to go outside again to find martha's brother martin although martin had already become a zombie he was the only one who matched martha's blood type and martha desperately needed a transfusion to save her and her baby would martin's zombie blood be too tainted for them who knows? But they had to try, or else Martha and the baby would be dead soon. Jed used his last few bullets to shoot his way through the mob to find Martin. Luckily, Jed still carried his handcuffs, and he was able to subdue Martin, handcuff him, and drag him back to the shelter. Immediately, Jed and Taylor tied Martin to the table and used their makeshift needle to find his artery. Taylor attached the other end to Martha and was able to make the blood flow with a bicycle pump and several clamps. Martha was deathly pale. The baby wasn't kicking. Things didn't look good. They pumped 10, 12, 20 liters of blood into Martha. Martin was becoming less and less conscious and stopped growling. Martha finally opened her eyes and started to move. Jed and Taylor watched her stomach, and it was also moving. Push, said Jed. Push, said Taylor. Push! Martha had, a, <laughs> had enough strength to push the baby out. 
And the <laughs> baby started crying immediately. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's Jetta a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> they were all laughing and crying. Sadly, Martin, the brother, didn't make it. But he was already a zombie and couldn't be saved. Days later, Martha was still recovering, but happily nursing her baby. She looked at her new daughter's beautiful eyes. The baby, still unnamed, looked back lovingly at her mother. She was a hungry baby, and she seemed to nurse for hours. Oh, Zombie baby! Oh, that's, uh, the, that's the name <laughs> of our play! <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you read that so well. Justin, you have to have a lot of experience in this. I know that you have a degree in theater art, so please do speak to your background in writing and theater. I don't do a terrible lot of writing, but I, yes, with a degree in theater, you do get to know plays well enough to write them. I like to say that I, like modern Western theater, got my start in the church. I was a cherub in the church play when Aww. I was three and the church Christmas pageant. And it sort of never looked back from there. When I got to school, I had a really great program in middle school and high school. We had a great program there too. So I did a lot of theater there. Went to school at UC San Diego, where I did indeed get my Bachelor of Arts in theater with an emphasis on acting. And I've always loved it. Theater is one of my happy places. I went and got a real job after college. I found myself missing sort of the stage. I got married, started a family. Those are my first dreams. So I was very happily being a father and living my first dream. But I found that I missed uh, the theater. Did some auditions for straight plays before I got um, hooked up with the improv uh, world here. And the improv world fit my mind for what I wanted. I still get to perform. I still get to go on stage. But I don't have to do the tech weeks and the performance schedule is a little bit easier in improv. So I could still feel like I'm being a good father and being present for my family. I found Synergy Theater over 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Ken started a group, invited me to join it. And I immediately fell in love with it because Ken does full length plays. I was doing a lot of short form improv before that, some long form, but I think most people who are in improv do it to sort of be funny. There's a very comedic bent to it. And honestly, a lot of our shows are the same, but the way that our shows work, you get to be as dramatic as you'd like to be too. And oftentimes that's what's needed. And I found that that really scratched my itch for acting. I can, I can go and sort of be anything I want. I don't have to be funny. There are plenty of funny people on there. Uh, I'd like to think that often I am quite funny, but it's not necessary for me to think of a joke. I could just play a, a good, honest character. And if they turn out funny, great. And if they don't, then oftentimes they can be a foil for somebody else to be funny with. So uh, any any questions? <laughs> yes. I, everything that you're saying resonates with me. And I think I can say the same for Valerie. It yes. is a joy to watch you on stage. I admire your ease in which you approach a scene mm -hmm. and the gravity that you give a scene. Any scene that you're in is very anchored, Justin. And I think it speaks to your experience and your skill and what you individually bring to each scene that you take part in. And yes, you're often very funny, but Valerie and I have spoken about this before with our guests. And, and that is that, yes, improv is funny, of course, because the unexpected does happen all the time, but it's also full of drama. And I'm really looking forward to how that will factor into Zia's for Zombie. Justin, can you speak a little bit more about how that has been brought into your rehearsals for Zia's for Zombie, that uh, human drama? 
The entire first act of zombie is much like my act one. There's no zombies that really appear super early in that. So the, the trick of the first part of the play is really to just do the best play you can with characters that have real stakes in each other and uh, actually care for each other and, and need each other. Those sort of bonds are what propel the show from then on. Also, if the characters are in, in, invested in each other, then the subsequent reveals and killings and deaths, they just mean more when those relationships are, are put up front. So that's kind of the fun thing about it for me is that the, the very first act is just a, a one-act play, essentially. And we don't get our, our first like horror show killing until right before the act closes. Oh, okay. Valerie, do you have any questions? Yeah, just as you said before, Sarah, that whenever you're in a scene, Justin, you bring a lot of weight into it. You're very confident in your acting. It shows your experience. I must say in a lot of shows, you you seem to speak another language as well. Are you bilingual? I'm just curious about that. I speak some Spanish well enough to sort of get around, but I'm always too embarrassed to speak much of it. But Oh, okay. Um, so I'm, I'm barely bilingual, I would say, at best. Okay. Yeah. I've just seen some episodes where you just seem to start speaking German or, or something or Italian or <laughs> you whip out phrases and like, oh my gosh. I do have a good memory for, for things like that. I, I wouldn't say I'm the best at accents, but I can do some well enough to make it sound like I know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Had me fooled. Yes. I, I really thought you were bi or trilingual. Very good compliment. To go back to the Night of the Living Dead, I found that uh, much of the dialogue in that film was improvised. The what? yes, the actors and the crew were all friends and business contacts and residents of this Pennsylvania town where they filmed the movie. And one of the lead actors was like, I don't even know if there was a script. <laughs> Wow. For, for dialogue, we had a loose framework, but then we spoke in a way that we thought was true to our character. Hi, me again. I have a clip for you from Night of the Living Dead when Barbara, played by Judith O'Day, describes to Ben, the lead character, played by Dwayne Jones, what happened to her and her brother in the cemetery. Ben listens to Barbara as he boards up the inside of the house. Reportedly, this was an improvised monologue. We came to put a wreath on my father's grave. Johnny and, and he said, can I have some candy? Barbara. And we didn't have any. And he said, oh, it's late. Why did we start so late? And I said, Johnny, if you'd gotten up earlier, we wouldn't be late. Johnny asked me if I were afraid. And I said, I'm not afraid, Johnny. And then this man started walking up the road. He came slowly, and Johnny kept teasing me and saying, He's coming to get you, Barbara. And I laughed at him and said, Johnny, stop it. And then Johnny ran away. And I, I went up to this man, and I was going to apologize. Why don't you just keep calm? And I looked up, and I said, could he? And he grabbed me. And then 
Johnny came and he ran and he he fought this man. And I got so afraid, I ran, I ran, I ran. And Johnny didn't come. We've got to, we have to wait for Johnny. Also, the budget was a little over $100,000, and it grossed millions worldwide. Another interesting thing is that this movie came out before the government-imposed rating system, so there was no warning <laughs> for people <laughs> as far as like the subject matter and the, wow. the, the gore went. It was advertised as a fun horror flick, and... It, it opened at a matinee time, and I, as I understand, <laughs> there were many children in the audience who got the surprise of their lives there during that debut weekend. And that's it, wild. It is another really cool thing about the Night of the Living Dead is that it cast an African American man as the lead, which in mm. 1968 was rare. Not rare. happening very often. Yeah, wow. yeah. And then because of a mistake that was made in the copywriting, it was released to public commons. So there's been many iterations of the film. You can watch the film for free online. Have you guys seen the film? Not in uh, forever. No. A long time. I should rewatch it now. Yeah. <laughs> just snippets Knowing what I know. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I recommend you guys check it out as the trendsetter for the genre. Will do. So, hey, Justin, thank you so much yeah. for your time today. Valerie, you too. This was fun. The time went by really fast for me. I'm a really slow writer. So <laughs> it's, the, the whole premise of right away is so great in that it, it's a time constraint on your creativity, which forces and funnels the creativity to the surface. I love that because in my creation, I, I tend to get hung up on the details and then I'll mm -hmm. rewrite or redo something a million times to try to get it to be perfect. But the writers in the right away, they don't have that chance. They're right just the one thing to the next. Exactly. And it is so fun and surprising. Thank you again, both. Thanks. Yeah, for, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having, having us do the exercise. It was a lot of fun. Okay, good. And Justin, I can't wait to see you guys at the Lesher Center in the Vukasan Theater starting October 19th to the 29th. And is there um, anything, Justin, that you would like to promote or leave our audience with? No, you you hit it. That's the thing that I would promote is that's our next show. You can go on to SynergyTheater.com and you can get season tickets from the Lesher as well. The next show is Adventure Serial in February. Uh, that's going to be a fun one too. Come stop by, check us out, follow us, and come have a good time with us for sure. Yes. Valerie, any closing thoughts? Nope. I just can't wait to see all the zombies. Bring them on. All right. I'll see you guys there. And I think that we should definitely have for the audience some baby Ruths and some Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> no no candy corn. Ah! Yeah, no Twizzlers. <laughs> and yeah, right. Okay. All right. I love Thank you both. both. Have a great Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye. And that's our show. If you think improv sounds like fun, it is. If you think you'd like to try improv, it's easy. Just go to SynergyTheater.com and click on School of Improv. Synergy Theater offers beginner, advanced, and master classes. Synergy Theater is also on Facebook. Please rate, review, and follow this podcast. Your support makes a difference. 
Synergy Theatre is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit that depends on the participation of current and future star supporters and improvisers like you. Thank you.